Mm. Oh, hey, that was that voice. That felt nice. Ryan, Ryan, did you start the recording? I did start the recording. I'm probably going to need a couple minutes to either. You are like, you are like well, five minutes early. Oh, yeah, I am five minutes early. <laughs> That's why you guys weren't here waiting for me. Uh, I, otherwise known as 10 minutes late. <laughs> well, I mean, I came in here and like right as I got to the edge of the door, I started yelling and I said, I really don't care if you're mad about it. And if you don't want to eat it, then I'll show you what you can do with that corn dog. And let me tell you this, Jack, you're not going to like it. <laughs> you know, that is the same thing they told Mitt Romney at the Iowa State Fair. <laughs> they're like, they're like, no, 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 you can't take. You can't take, you know, small bites. You got to deep throat that thing. Uh, so uh, before before Chris gets here, because he's behind, uh, I watched uh, the most recent episode of Succession. And, and I, I got the feeling that y- you had strong opinions about it. Number one, <laughs> Roman's face after he sends the dick pic to his dad <laughs> instead of cheering. <laughs> and like his dad is just like, are you a sicko? And it's just like, <laughs> yes, do you know your son at all? <laughs> He's definitely. And then, like, at first, well, I, yeah, at first I, I Roman's lie. like, uh, I, he defends Jerry. And then when it's like, oh, there might be some consequences. Like, yeah, let's just, he just, like, totally abandons Jerry. Well, I, I like how when Roman is called into the other conference room with his dad. And he's like, I, I, I sent a dick pic. It's what people do. They send dick pics. Just like, here's my dick. That's what it says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that Kendall's committing suicide at the end. Seems unclear, right? Like that's what we we were like. Wait a second, are those bubbles? Because like I don't know if anybody's listening that hasn't watched it, but like he leans over the raft, and you can, and it's shot from underneath this raft that he's on in the pool. It looks like his face is close to the water, and then all of a sudden you see bubbles coming from his nose and mouth. So clearly he's. Breathing. Right, like, like, like. I don't, I don't think he's committing suicide just because he's the character and actor. There's such an integral part of the show that I don't think they could do that. Well, so um, after I, I just, that episode, I, I, wait, I, I texted you guys, uh, and I really liked the part where they're sitting down to have dinner, and Logan just like calls the kid into the room, and it's right. like. T- taste this <laughs> yeah there's uh you know so much shakespearean whatever themes and then like that's like the most like on the nose right there like yeah. is is my son trying to poison me with this mozzarella <laughs> yeah. um but so i read i after that i read this article and um basically the article goes through like how this entire season, the show has been basically foreshadowing like Kindle drowning. There's a scene in, I think it's the first episode where he's hyperventilating in a bathroom and then he gets in a tub with like all of his clothes on. And then uh, I can't remember what the other things are, but just like when, and then just like the last meal with his dad where he says, I'm not going to speak at your funeral. I'm going to be a ghost. This is the, this is the third season, right? Yes, but it's HBO. I mean, that's they they are like they'll kill off a popular character if it's good for the story. Like also, what is what is Kendall going to do now? 
Like he, even, or just from the show's perspective, like what is, is Jeremy strong going to want to hang around just to be like a, cause like, he's not part of the company he's done with like, you know, the, the whole, like taking down his dad that's over. And now he can't even go off and start his own thing. Cause his dad won't buy him out. And so he's just going to be kind of like ancillary, like just doing what he did at that, like showing up like, Hey, where to fuck up Gojo guys. And he's going to do that a few times a season. Like, I don't think, I guess let's doing, do this. I guess we're doing a video on. Well, hello. Hello. Um, it just said that my ring had its connection restored. So something's getting internet. Your ring gets internet. Ryan, do you have anything for the show today? Why are you asking me this again? <laughs> Why did I have to hit record for you to, for me to tell you? I don't know. Because our <laughs> shtick is that is this in media race thing, you know, like. We're, if we got to pretend like we you say it? I have it been in, talking in media res. It's it well, it's, it's res in media, in media res. Yeah. Like explain, reservation. Uh, what? Explain this to me. Like when a show or a movie starts and like you just jump in like mid conversation, mid scene almost. That's in media res. Oh, and, and it's supposed to be like half an hour to 40 minutes after <laughs> we are supposed to start. Is that is that part of that's it? That's exactly what that means. That's part of it. Yes. Also, but it's not. when yeah, it's when the uh, author doesn't say introduction and then like introduces the, the scene, the and the... every time I do read a book, I find the <laughs> author. I... Every time I read a book, I start on page fifty. I just want to dive I'm going, right I'm going, into it. I'm going to do this in media res. I'm just going to skip <laughs> the first three chapters. These structural authors—they suck. Uh, speaking of reses in media res, there's a really good show right now on Hulu called uh, Reservation Dogs. Yep, it's very oh, good. You, you guys, Ryan, bitch. Ryan, Don't you should watch yourself. it. I think you'd I like it. This. Why did you wait till now to tell me that you're actually watching it? Watching? I, I already watched it. It was great. It's executive produced. Sorry. Quentin, Quentin Tarantino. No. Oh, Reservoir Dogs. Reservation That's, Dogs. Reservation Dogs. Oh, and okay. I don't I don't know if it's for everyone, um, but it's very good. Um, and for for me, like I grew up with a stone's throw from an Indian reservation. So and like a lot of it was very it. familiar. What's that? Yeah, I, I you, mentioned all the time. I know. Um, and you did throw stones at it. I did. All the time. Ryan, that's how you know that's how you know how close it was because <laughs> yeah i could pretty much get a rock to one of their houses ryan that's part of my past i don't like to talk about that i'm not that person anymore uh but yeah taiko atiti is is um uh, one of the producers of the show and uh, uh man like so not, it, for me my, like it whoa, takes whoa, place whoa. in oklahoma but it like it's, oh. it's still very familiar for me oh. so i don't know if it's just that familiarity that, that i thought made it great or if it's just like the taika waititi and just the, the other kind of uh other appealing things go ahead thomas what? it's really really good yeah I... uh, so wait so it takes it takes place in oklahoma mm -hmm. huge plus i might watch this uh second waititi is He's not a director. He's a producer of this thing. Yeah, I think he's an executive producer, isn't he? Kind of. Yeah, so he's a little bit more executive. I think they needed in his uh, producing. He executes they... several cast members <laughs> and uh, part he's, of the production team. He's an executive producer. White House. Uh, I think they probably needed his name to get it to help with getting it sold and getting it going. The teen actors in it are they're, really, aren't they good? Really good. They're, just, they're, they're and they're good. complete unknowns too. Yeah, but like they're very good. Their comedic timing, everything like they're they're really good. Is this a show or a movie show? Show. Show. FX. Uh, 
does it have any relation to Wind River? Other than other than being awesome. And there's there's wind, there's rivers. I don't know. It's it's mostly Native Americans, but also Bill Burr. Yes, Bill Burr. Bill Burr is. Guys, could I get a countdown before I start the show? I don't have to count. I already did the 12 Days of Christmas backwards. Think about it. Um, You can count something. There's not really. I think we've counted most things. Are we? Are we out of counting? Are we out of stuff to count? I could count the number of games left that Mike Zimmer will coach for the Vikings. Oh, which I yeah, hope is a very Chris. small number. Who's that? Uh, what about Frank Reich? At, can, can you oh, get him down to maybe? How about of- number of COVID shots that Carson Wentz has gotten? All right. Well, then you think he got his booster? There's the um, you know, because you, you got to get two shots to get uh, to get the first one, and then you got the booster. So we're the, we're looking at a total of three. When you when you got Carson Wentz, you oh, that's it. No, <laughs> that was all. Do it. Three, two, one. Tim, welcome to the substandard. Apology assist. accepted. <laughs> welcome. I think we've graduated to standard. We're not substandard SSEU anymore, are we? <laughs> We're standard. We're just the standard SSEU. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Welcome to the Standard SSEU podcast, a bulwark adjacent podcast. We are the internet's premier podcast for a range of topics, including counting, islands, Moana, culture, Pearl Harbor, space toilets, blind horses on girls, college football, Ooh. Ridley Scott, stool samples, Georgetown University, medical programs, the NBA, and much, much more. We are glad that you are with us. And if you want to support the podcast, you can hop over to patreon.com forward slash SSEU pod, where you get additional content from the idiots who host this show. I am Thomas, as usual, joined by associate editor Christopher Haberman, Haberman and senior writer Ryan Kinney. Guys, how are you today? Uh, did you say horses on girls? I did I send that picture to you guys? I did not mean to do that. What? Which photo? Which time? Horses on girls. That was the I repeat title. The question. It was a, it was a painting. Um, oh, it was a pa- okay. Was I just I'm still trying to wrap my head around whether or not I'm above or below uh, Ryan on the organization chart. Associate and editor. I was, and was wondering how he gets associate editor when he's never edited a single. <laughs> minute of this show it's more of an honorary title do do you think that abe has ever edited a minute of the commentary podcast so there you go abe i forgot their names (laughs) we are recording this on a wednesday which i believe is unusual for us usually it happens toward the end of the week right yeah but you're gonna do some some ice-based vacation thing later this Uh, week I am leaving tomorrow morning to go visit my sister until Sunday. Yes, that is correct. Are you guys going to go watch flat skiing? On, on Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, uh, Lula, which is my team, is going to play the hockey team that's closest to her. My sister. So has... Your flat skiing team is going to play her hockey team? Which hockey. sport? Hockey. Okay, th- you're going to lose. Well, I, I think we're going to win. But the thing okay. is that my sister 
has only taken one shot of the COVID vaccine. So she is actually they not- They do it in, in shooter form, like, like so, a shot of Jack Daniels? So my sister is actually not allowed at the game because for gatherings over 100 people in Sweden these days, you need to have a COVID pass. And to get the COVID pass, you need to have gotten two shots of the COVID vaccine. So she's not even welcome. And frankly, we don't want her there. You know, it's fine. Does she want to go to the game or is it just? No, no, she does not. Okay. Doesn't seem like hey, I don't care about hockey. Then. I want to know how is how is your hometown flat skiing team doing this year? Are they having a good season? Where are they in the rankings? The skier, ski, ski is that is that gender neutral? Do do you call lady skiers skiers? Yeah, you don't. A skier is definitely a male. Um, okay, so a lady skier, skiers and lady skiers. Yeah. All right. So uh, the lady skier is actually having a fairly poor season. Uh, she might not even get to go to the Olympics in in China. I have no idea what we're talking about anymore. Cyber in China. Uh, Wait, we're, we're talking, talking about, about skiing. No, no, flat skiing. No. Flat skiing. Cross got, country skiing. Are you yeah. fuck? You're going to watch that? How do you watch it? I watch it every weekend. The World Cup is on, on the every TV. Weekend. But you're you said yeah. you're going to. He watches the World Cup on his TV. <laughs> it just see, displays you see like fifty feet of a you know as they come by. <laughs> then they're like, wow, it's a great spectator sport, see, Ryan. Do you see how she was? She's going. Well, like, I, I saw 0.1% of the race and it was amazing. I got no, to see so, two thrusts and a kick. Whether, whether, whether we are talking about like cross country skiing or we are talking about Formula One, I cannot imagine justifying the cost of a ticket to just watch them cross the finish line. For yeah, one in, of those for, in Formula like, One, it doesn't matter where you are on the course. You're seeing actually less of them in Formula One than in flat skiing because, like, they're they so much faster. Seeing, yeah, they're going yeah, 150 miles an hour, and you're like, oh well. Damn that, it, I, I missed I, it again. I kind of saw that. <laughs> right, and so the, these are sports made for TV, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is why flat skiing gets such good ratings. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't put flat skiing in the category of made for TV. I don't know if it's made for anything. <laughs> I think it's a punishment. Uh, Where gonna, do you think they I'm get all their flat skiers? I'm going to film without myself the penal system. Out. Does anyone see that? Transition. Ryan, I wanted to start this episode by really talking to you about this movie that you talked about on the last episode. Do you, do you remember this movie? Uh, the Stillwater. Stillwater. And where was Matt Damon from in that movie? Oklahoma. Stillwater, Oklahoma. And so oh, he just now the, got that. There is a segment like 10 minutes into the movie when Matt Damon is walking through a Walmart or a Target and he is like browsing yeah. through Oklahoma State gear before he leaves Oklahoma or France. Jersey. And at the end of the movie, when he gets back to the US, what's the marching band that's performing? It is the Oklahoma State marching band. This is a tremendous movie, <laughs> but... One thing that I would like to note about this movie is that so so this uh, chick like Matt Damon's daughter I forget her name anyway Amanda Knox she, yeah she decides Is it Abigail Breslin uh, Allison that's that's Ali the character's name Interesting. no 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 Allison Bergen uh, instead of going to Oklahoma State she decides to go to a university in southern France in Marseille. Oh. She Which deserves is like, to be locked up. Yeah, like she should have been locked up for life. Who gives a shit? 
She gave up the opportunity to go to OSU and she went to some French university. Who cares what it is? She could have stayed some there. Cheese eating surrender monkey uh, university. She, she, she got what was coming. Uh, well, I, yeah, I mean, uh, based on the ending of the movie, as I interpreted it, she deserved to be in jail. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> oh spoiler yeah slight, slight spoiler great movie though like you're saying she was a sooner fan <laughs> it's actually a good movie like ryan wasn't wrong about this it's yeah i mean the the, the thing about her being innocent or guilty it, it's more just about i mean it's it's much more about matt damon's performance and his relationship with um that little girl and her mom and how Maya. Oh, yeah tries to tries to like not he try, tries because he basically kind of becomes like a father figure for this nine-year-old girl and father figure that was my george oscar bluth anyway so so that, that's like damning it with faint praise thomas like yeah it was actually this movie that that ryan raved about last week it was actually kind of good yeah no, rave I mean- about it I said that Matt Damon, I mean, it's it's good. It's much better than what I expected because I thought it was just going to be a straightforward, you know, the whole thing was just going to be about proving his daughter innocent. And that's what gets him to France. And that's, but that's really not, you know, that's more ancillary than. He only went over there because like it was looked like a good vacation destination. And he's like, well, as long as she's in jail, I'll swing by. No, like, it, it, but I really a, did want to rent a house in Provence. I'm, I'm a, you know, blue collar Oklahoman who loves or the South. You don't France. have to, and you find a single mom with a nine year old daughter, and you move in with them for free. Because, yeah, I mean, because you know electrical work, and people in France <laughs> they don't know how to do electrical work. <laughs> so, since we are talking about last week's episode, Chris, uh, can we also talk a little bit about the holiday fall, please? You've watched it now. Tell me what you uh, think. Tell me. What, tell me. Yeah. Tell me what you think. Uh, one of one of the things that is actually unlikely or unprecedented for this week's episode is that the two movies that Chris and Ryan talked about on the last week's episode, I have watched for this week. I watched Stillwater, and I watched The Holiday Fall. I know. Why yeah. are you like uh, watching the things that we suggest? You've never done this before. <laughs> Usually, you know, it takes some kind of bribing to get either one of you to watch anything I suggest. So it, it's it's I a don't new thing. Ever remember you suggesting that I watch anything, Ryan? I often recommend shows mm-hmm. like Reservation Dogs to you or mm-hmm. Dave, and you just I don't know. Sometimes you watch them, sometimes you don't. The harder they fall, the yes. harder they fall is one third of an absolutely amazing movie. The first, So if you talk about movies in thirds, like Christopher Nolan likes to do, the first third of this movie is... Can, can, really... can we just come up with names, like first um, um, act? Can first. you call it an act? That's a good idea. Let's start. Let's get that started. The first act of The Holiday Fall is A+. Amazing. It, right, yeah. Like, like, it's so good. They introduce all of these different characters in all of these different situations. You start to get to know them. Uh, there's the banter between some of the young cowboys. You get the, the Elba evil genius coming out of the prison, whatever. Like it, it is it is really great. You get the, the one gang robbing the other. Like that was a cool scene. The first act of the holiday fall is an amazing movie. The other two acts <laughs> are mediocre, I guess I would say. Like one of the high points is that 
they are eventually forced to go and try to rob this white city uh, known as Maceville or something like that. Uh, and, and they do it. That's a pretty good scene. But as you talked about on the last episode. What do you think about their strategy, Thomas? Them riding into the city alone and getting captured. Yes. Yeah. Like one it, after the other. Yeah. Pretty bad, Chris. Pretty bad. <laughs> And then so they need like a deus ex machina to like get away. Right. And then like come back, you know, so they have to come back with a new strategy, which is actually a good one where they're going to shoot everybody. But but do you feel like there's a missed opportunity? Like all these marksmen, like these these people who establish their bona fides as like marksmen and Idris Elba is just like presiding over this scene in a window (laughs) accessible for anyone to shoot him. Did that strike you as just like, like the like I know it looked kind of cool and that's what they're going for was his, his like him powerfully overlooking the scene but the 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 cognitive dissonance of like but you're very easily killable right now yeah yeah I mean like during that entire scene I kept looking for like where is the marksman and can't he like he's just, on the rooftop right like with a yeah. rifle can't he just shoot him <laughs> like, and then the whole thing would be over I will admit that during that the third act during the last third of the movie. By the way, I, ho- I really hope this couch is on because I think there's good ways. There's a good way to talk about movies in first act and then second act and third act. So, so the third act, the last third, you're saying? Uh, it was incredibly boring because it was really predictable. Not the twist at the end. You didn't. You didn't predict that, did you? No, I mean I didn't. Okay. But like like everything leading up to that, and then you have them in a showdown at the end. Right. But here's the thing, though. The reason I, I wanted to talk about it, the reason I that I brought it up was the first third was so good that, that the mm-hmm. rest of the movie yep. was disappointing. Yep. It's like there were there's so much skill um, and and just style and so much good about the first part, the the casting, the characters, the the way it was directed, the, the action was great. That it's like ah, uh, like they could have done better with this movie friend called me when I was like 55 minutes to an hour into the movie and a friend called me and I had to pause the movie. And during that phone call, I literally recommended this movie to them. And I said, like, this is this is really good. You ought to actually watch this. (laughs) You called back and you're like, actually, I finished the movie. Uh, I want to amend my recommendation. (laughs) Yeah. And so so one of the reasons that it's not as good as it should is that I think Elba is overacting. He is this melancholic, depressed, whatever character, but he he doesn't have to act that much. I I can see that. Like in in that one scene where he's like, Oi, so you want to be an outlaw in it? It's like, um, that's, that's just a little over the top. You, 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 it's I, Ryan. Did he, is it true that he did the method method of acting when he did this? Um, so he just like lived as, as a cowboy. He did the method man method of acting oh. where oh. he lived as method man, as the character during the entire shoot, like during the scenes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That was so method he did man. the scenes as method man. Mm-hmm. And that, that way we know what it would be like if method man was in that movie. You have been uh, obsessed with uh, method acting as of late. So do, do you want, like Daniel Day-Lewis, a great uh, example of uh, method acting? I don't, they don't, he doesn't call it method acting. He, uh, he, would, he would probably 
um, get into character as Daniel Plainview, and he would uh, probably beat you and tell you <laughs> he drank your milkshake if you accused him of method acting. Because method acting doesn't go far enough for him. Oh, okay. He does full immersion, is what he calls it. Uh, he um, <laughs> he only uses left foot when he was in that movie, My Left Foot. <laughs> the whole movie, <laughs> he we got pushed around in a wheelchair, <laughs> like even like when they weren't shooting, because like and I guess it's only I've never seen that movie, but I guess what I read is like the characters only like paralyzed or, in, or, or or only can't walk for like like 15 minutes of the movie and so and yet and, and yet, yet the whole time the whole on the time, set he's... like they'd be like cut and he'd suddenly like collapse into a wheelchair yes. <laughs> yeah that's just like it reminds me of like have you ever seen that um well it's ridiculous uh, but uh, so and then the same thing with um there will be blood he um just he lived in because they there was shot on you know some remote location that looked like a you know an oil field uh, or whatever and he so he lived in like he, he had them build him a hut or something to live at, out on the set the entire shoot um paul f tompkins has a stand-up special because paul f tompkins has like a brief scene in that movie <laughs> it's where he gets uh daniel Lewis screams in his face like two inches from his face and he said before he went he said i've heard that um daniel day lewis was an intense actor and that's not true he is the most intense actor <laughs> that's ever lived he said between scenes or between takes he said he would just sit there like heavily breathing like he was like 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 a bear about to attack somebody but yeah and so jeremy strong who um I heard it, uh, I think it was during the first season of Succession when Kieran Culkin went on the Mark Maron podcast and uh, he talked about how Jeremy Strong won't rehearse with them. Um, Jeremy Strong, he, he said Jeremy Strong is like a method actor and he uh, just like lives as Kindle, like, and he won't allow anyone to say words like script or take or, or scene, right? Or scene or anything <laughs> that would like, make it indicate like that they're, they're you know they're filming a show filming a show <laughs> and he said and it can be it really there's times he's like mostly it's fine um except for everybody else in the cast rehearses um and he refuses to ever rehearse and so that makes it kind of annoying when you have scenes with him um and so he says when he gets really annoying he'll you know go up to him and just say like hey uh, can we just do uh, the scene that's on the script for this TV show that we're making? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so then there was a uh, profile of Jeremy Strong. I love how Kieran Culkin in real life is is very similar to yeah. the character that he plays. <laughs> he, I, I mean, I think that that's not an example of him not being a good actor. That's an example of him just being a strong character. And I just makes me love love him as an actor. Oh, yeah, he definitely comes in in just like any interview I've seen. He comes across as like a i don't know like a toned down version of roman but in the new yorker i think it was new yorker maybe it was the atlantic i don't know somebody did a pro a, a profile on jeremy strong and it was really long and he actually he learned his immersion technique from he was he was daniel day lewis's um personal assistant 
on uh, my left foot or no, it wasn't my left foot. It was uh, one of the other Daniel Day-Lewis movies I've never seen. And basically he just mimicked everything he did and every thing that Daniel wait, wait, Day-Lewis like, does. When, when he was on well, the set, I mean, like he just like no, imitated I mean, just, him? No, or you're no, saying I, I'm he just saying like for absorbed like a lot his, of it. Yeah, as he, okay, he he was already an actor, but he was just in like plays and like commercials and stuff like that at the time. So oh, he was trying to I, get... I bet he's I, I bet uh <laughs> when he was on commercials, he was just obnoxious oh, yeah. to be around. I, like yeah. I, okay, let's I rehearse again. Uh excuse me. Um I'm in character as uh <laughs> you know, client number seven. Um, guy who gets barbecue sauce on his pants. <laughs> I love barbecue. Don't sauce. bring me out of this. I'm in character. And so, yeah, he in just everything he's been in since he was Daniel DeLuis's personal assistant, he just full, you know, full into it. And then on the movie Lincoln, he played Lincoln's personal assistant in that movie. And Daniel DeLuis was played Lincoln. And so I just can imagine the two of them being in full character the entire time, just following him around. <laughs> calling him president Lincoln when they're not shooting. He's always like looking for somebody. Oh, is that a shooter? Well, and so in, in succession, which we talked a little bit about in foreplay, was this the last? No, might've been. Uh, Was this the last episode of season three? Yes. Yeah. That was the season finale. He refused. He talked about all the other parts he's had. Um, for the for that New Yorker profile, he refused to say one word about the gentleman for the profile. So I don't know what happened on that, but he would not talk about it. Eric, kept calling him Jeremy. That was the issue. <laughs> Jeremy, I'd like you to do this. Uh, excuse me. I've told excuse- you to call me. <laughs> I'm not calling you a slur for a Jewish person. The thing about the the third season of Succession is that I thought that it started out really weak and it built on that and it got better and better. And in the last four or so episodes of the third season of Succession, they're amazing. Like, they're really good. Yeah, I think like, um, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. From the last four, it's like, Every week I've been like, well, that's the best episode. And then the next one's even better. And just all the way through the end. So in Succession, here's the thing. is like, there's a certain type of person that watches Succession. Because like the people that watch it, there's a lot of buzz. Everyone's talking about it. It's trending on Twitter. But I feel like the same thing happens for a lot of HBO shows. Like Girls. Mm -hmm. Like Girls was was a perfect example of a show that uh, like uh, 1% of the country watched. But it based on the discussion about it, it seemed like everyone was watching it when it was only like a certain part of like intelligentsia that was watching that's true for girls i don't know if that's as true i think i think succession is more popular than you're giving it credit because like i'm asking i'm not saying it's unpopular the season finale of girls got like seven hundred and forty-seven thousand viewers and so that's and that was like one of their best right viewed episodes And, and how many people are watching succession I don't know because that's not. Five. Can you? Book. How many people are watching Judge Janine? All right, let's um, <laughs> let's find Judge Janine. I've got it right let, here. Let, let's not. We, we do not have time for this. Nobody's uh, time for this. Well, you have to count the viewers. I have to count the viewers. Transition, Chris. You have a wine update for us. 
Well, it's not so much a wine update so much as uh, kind of a follow up to my story of, you know, my struggle. Your struggle? My struggle. You know, when, when I buy more than one bottle of wine, people tend to judge me for it, both, you know, on Twitter or, or listeners, but especially in the stores. They're like, oh, my, like you must have a hard life like that. You you need to like grab all this wine and clearly you're all drinking it at one time. Like the, the comments and stuff that I endure. I don't know. It's I, I was mean, at Costco to, yesterday. To be fair, you do drink 10 to 12 bottles. <laughs> well, but they don't know that. <laughs> so I was at Costco yesterday and I saw a customer with one of those like flatbed carts. Okay. And they were buying, and I'm not exaggerating, 75 gallons of Lysol. <laughs> Literally 75 gallons of Lysol. You now, must be a disgusting, filthy person. <laughs> see, you see where I'm going, don't you? Do you think that that is what I said to them? Do you think I walked up to them and said, wow, your floor must be filthy. You must not know how to aim your pee in the, in the toilet. No, I didn't say that. I did not make a comment about their filthy living conditions because I'm not that kind of person. You didn't say like you must host orgy parties all over your house every weekend. <laughs> Can you get drunk on that or you just get sick? Get like, like if you just like suck, like, it's, it's a suck cleaning aerosol. product. Uh, it, it's, it's like these gallons oh. of cleaning product that you'd like oh, scrub it's... like orgy floors, like surfaces. Thomas, like, I know you don't understand this because you are in the ruling party in Sweden, but the, the, the worker peoples, uh, like they but... clean them after your orgies. They use Lysol. They know what Lysol is. Yeah. I, I, I'm always in the ruling party, by the way. Yes. Regardless who is in power. Yeah. Well, Clearly, like you've you've figured it out. I get it. And that's what I mean by ruling party. I don't mean political party. I'm saying just like the the ruling class, I guess. Right. Um, switching parties when you need to. So when I look in the mirror, I can look at myself in the eye, knowing that I'm not the guy who would say to somebody, wow, looks like you must have a lot of cleaning to do. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it's not even it's it's barely comedy. Like it's the like lowest form and just like being being a dick to people in stores for have you ever like, made it cut ryan have you ever made a comment about like no, what's someone has in their no, cart no no have no you ever said like, i don't oh, know look. if that's just because my dad is that person and <laughs> like it's is he really yes my dad is the person who will be like oh look a like, home oh, enema kit oh, you must have eaten a no block way. of cheese last night <laughs> uncontrolled like you can't control your urges to <laughs> to get yourself stopped up and look at you now a home enema kit <laughs> yeah uh that's what he imagine somebody buying a flat cart full of enemas <laughs> i mean that might be worth <laughs> so it's not just at, that at least I, a question <laughs> it's not just that i can look at myself in the mirror and be proud of the person that looks back at me i want to look my kids in the eye and i want them to know that i'm not a guy who looks at the 30 something woman buying a container of ice cream at the grocery store and says to her, Oh, you must've broken up last night. Um, you must be really depressed. You must want to eat your own feelings. I'm sorry that no one will ever love you. Yes. Uh, that voice that you hear that tells you that your lousy track record and keeping a man isn't just a string of bad luck, but actually evidence that you are not lovable. That's, that's not the guy I want to be Thomas. But you that's are certain that's be. what everybody's thinking when they see her with the ice cream. I, I can't say that I've never not. I, I can't say that that thought hasn't occurred to me, but I don't express it. Whipped cream and razor blades. Like, I'm not the guy <laughs> who tries to scrutinize that purchase. 
what are that? What are that? How do those go together? I don't want to know. That's my point. <laughs> if Thomas wouldn't have just walked away, like I'm sure he could tell us, but I, I really don't want to know. I guess but I'm not that guy. That's what I'm trying to say. Planes. I, I don't scrutinize somebody per, somebody's purchases. I guess you know if you shave with whipped cream instead of shaving cream, you could then take that. I don't know if that's possible. I mean, there's the butter shave in Seinfeld. Then you put that on a pie with, you know, like the hairs Mm. from shaving. Mm. I mean, if you're appropriate. I mean, you know, when you see, you know, whether it's a young couple or whether it's a senior citizens at the pharmacy buying Valtrex, um, I'm not going to talk about their genital herpes. Like, I'm not. Valtrex. I'm. uh, uh, I'm not sure, Ryan. How, How would I know? Hmm. Oh, there's a new one. Have you ever heard of Wisp? Wisp. Uh, no, I've I've definitely not heard of that essential discrete uh, medicine herpes. that I've discrete okay. herpes care same day pickup. Do you know the the actual drug name for the brand name Valtrex? Do you know how to say it? Valcisiclover. Valcisiclover. Valus. Valcisiclover. Valcisiclover. Uh, Rose is going to be like, Ryan, why are you Googling Valtrex? <laughs> no reason. Ryan Station, speaking of movies, the main movie for this week that we watched is called The Last Duel, directed by Ridley Scott. The Last Duel had a budget of $100 million. Do you Do you guys know how much it made uh, at the box office? I don't, but I can't imagine. $26 million. I mean that's that's pretty close. It's uh, thirty point two million so far at the box office. So for the last duel, I'm that's pretty rough. sure it's it's not going to make a lot more, which is a shame. And it's weird they didn't even this one wasn't even like you know simultaneously streaming anywhere. It was just in the it game. wasn't no. Which I don't know why they didn't sell it to some uh, streamer to at least make something. Oh. Well, I mean, isn't isn't the main reason for its poor performance at the box office that the trailers sucked? I think that has that that definitely has a lot to do with it, or at least some percentage to do with it, because I didn't really want to see it based on just the trailer, because it I mean, it just looked like a straightforward medieval period piece movie about like, you know, a gladiator knockoff or something and. I was just like, why would I want to? What was the cinema score for this? I'd imagine it was pretty low. I would, yeah, right? because because it 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 was marketed sort of as as like a period, like a like a kind of a gladiator, kind of like a period, like like yes, there was there were battle scenes, but that's not the the right, crux that's of the not movie. right. Uh, the last duel, duel, the last duel. Uh, the last duel had a cinema score of. A B plus. plus. <laughs> I love how you said that. <laughs> Cinema score of a B plus. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas. Which I guess is so that not bit of great, confusion. but it's higher. B plus than is pretty good. I, yeah, uh, it's higher than what I thought it would have been. I, I was thinking. I don't. I'm not sure that's fair. Like, considering what kind of movie it is, shouldn't it? Doesn't it deserve higher than a B plus? I mean, yes. we we I think- we. That's not what a cinema score is, Thomas. I thought cinema, cinema score, score is is like the like the, the the first audiences. It's like their expectation. So it's basically like is the product that was being sold equal what the the product, 
And so usually if people go in and the, the marketing was um, like bad and people expected one thing and got another, that's right. when it gets a low cinema score. It was, it was a very comp- complex movie um, with like interesting themes that, um, you know, <clears throat> I, I do not want to make any jokes during the segment. Um, so this is, this is not <laughs> a joke that's meant to be funny, but merely absurd. Like no one's going to call it like defending one's wife's honor. Like you can't title it that. Like they had to make it, you know, the last duel. Cause I mean, it's an existing IP, but also like it is a book. In- yeah. Yeah. To give the, the big boy review, the big synopsis of this movie. Uh, I thought that I could start and Ryan can fill in, fill in the blanks. Yeah. Cause that- you're just going to exclude me. The, this, this is a classic medieval. He said, he said, she said kind of movie, right? Classic. Yeah. Like, I, I'm kind of sick story. of all these classic. He said, she said medieval movies. I think it's a little overdone, Thomas, personally. Oh, you, you, you've seen a lot. Uh, Ryan, uh, go on. So, Ryan, give, give the big oh, boy right, review. So, so, the, this so now you're, you're past, like, that's, that's all you're <laughs> that's, doing for the big boy review. That's okay. a lot of blanks there. <laughs> I, I think I got the important parts. So, I did you either of you guys, I'm not going to ask this question while we're recording because Thomas will leave it in. So, never mind. It's kind of like, uh, one story through the perspective of three different people. Um, uh, but it's not really that because it's not because two of the perspectives are colored by that person's, you know, opinion of themselves and like how they see themselves and them like painting themselves in the best light possible, which Adam Driver still wasn't that. <laughs> Great. I mean, all right, right, so, right. All right. But that's, wait, I think so, I, let's, let's wait to slow talk about so, that. Yeah. No, 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 slow down. So, so you, we'll cut over. We are going to move into spoiler territory right away. So the movie is divided into three different parts where the three different Yikes. main characters, so Matt Damon, uh, Kylo Ren, and Jodie Comer gets to tell their side of the story. The mm. thing is, Adam Driver, Kylo Ren, he doesn't make himself look all that good in his side of the story. Yeah. So as we leap into spoilers, the the reason we're so uncomfortable talking about this is because it's a movie about rape. Um, and uh, so as as we see the perspective of Adam Driver, it does not make him look all that good. Like he's like, no, it's not rape. Like clearly like she had. Yeah, she protested, but she was a lady like she had to she do had that, to. you know, like, and, and, and you see that's kind of how. Him, him and Ben Affleck, who is the count. Is he count? Yeah, count. Uh, count. Um, and um, we love counting on the show. Kylo Ren becomes his um, a Ben Affleck's like accountant slash enforcer slash. Uh, Confidant. Freak, yeah, like, um, yeah. Like bang bro. Like they both go out <laughs> banging together. Um, yeah. And- did any of you like any of you uncomfortable by that? That like. Like two bros, just like I guess in that day, just love to you know shut the door. Those two guys and a bunch of ladies and kind of yeah, and you just yeah because there's one scene where um, they're basically like high fiving as they're kind of going about their business. Yeah, like so uh, Kylo Ren shows up at Ben Affleck's room. He's banging on the door. Ben Affleck answers with like a shirt on, and then you see like nude women on his bed and so instead of ben saying hey i'm going back to these he says get your pants off and let's yeah 
come, come on with me. I'm just glad that every time that I've hung out with Thomas, it's been on my turf because I, I don't know what it'd be like. Like, I feel like it would be a lot like that. Like I'd knock on his door. He'd answer the door and uh, be like, yeah, get your pants off. I've got. Well, some- I mean, even even before the scene that Ryan just described, there's a scene where Kylo Ren is at some sort of dinner and after party at Ben Affleck's place and they're having a lot of fun. And then he just fucking like he chases a woman around the room and throws her on the bed and. I, I don't know, like has sex it, with her, I guess. Like it feels sort of it, consensual, but I don't know. Does it, Thomas? Does it? And he's got a catchphrase when he, for when he's um, raping as well. Uh, catchphrase? <laughs> what was that? If you run, I will only chase you. <laughs> which, which he said to Matt Damon's wife and he said to that girl at the party when they were both trying to get away from him and uh okay but but so so what do we think about these three different parts so there's the first part of the movie which sets the tone and really characterizes so the the truth according to jean de carouge like a uh, aka matt damon right like look that sets the tone for the entire movie right, right? and it was he, essential i think for that what for that part to come first for his version to come yeah. first otherwise i don't think a movie would have worked Yes, and he's he's got a very high opinion of himself. He thinks of himself as the the man of the most honor. He has more honor than anyone. He thinks that he's, you know, always right. I I can't believe he's ever thought he was wrong about anything, and nothing's uh-huh. ever his fault. It appears as well because he, you know, he's behind on his taxes. He uh, they they start off at a and it's a battle, and um, they're watching the other army across the river and they have these hostages that they've got down on their knees and um matt damon's like oh we gotta go save them and uh uh Legree, adam driver says no pierre wants us to hold this bridge they're trying to draw us out and and then in matt damon's once they chop the heads off of the which after Damage is dead, done. After, yeah, it's like, <laughs> like now we got to go charge. And they're like, and no, so it's he, like we're, we're told like our job is this other thing. And he's right. like, nope, for honor. And, and he, and he in, charges in, in Matt Damon's bravely tell, telling of it. it. Everybody goes with him where, right when he goes. It's just like everybody's that he's like in his mind. Well, we of course we're all that's what we all wanted to do. Everybody was with me. It wasn't like and he's, you know, so they go across and they lose the bridge, which isn't isn't great yeah, but they kill most of the enemy they do mm. and in and in his version he saves legree's life because like legree drops his sword or something right and to get bashed or chopped but right. in part and, and- two when we see uh kylo ren's version um we see matt damon uh kind of erratically and stupidly charging way ahead of everybody and then Kylo Ren's like, I, I, I guess like, we've got to we go help and save him. We got to yeah. save him. Yeah. Um, we can't just let him go to his death. And so they, they follow him. They screw up the whole battle plan. And not only that, um, Adam, uh, sorry, Kylo Ren has to save Matt Damon's life. Um, quite the opposite. And so as Matt Damon in his, in his telling, which is not his telling, but like we see it depicted, like he's just like 
killing everybody and mm. and it's not quite that that way in in uh, kylo ren's version that is like so you have this first battle and then you have so this is what i think the movie does really well in the first part of the movie is that it moves fairly fast and it depicts mm-hmm. matt damon getting engaged and then marrying uh jody comer right like, we uh, la- say, it's it's 16 years that we see in each you know, uh, that this story takes place that we see three times. So yeah, there's big jumps and big, like just gaps of time that we don't see, but the, you know, the big points of the, the main argument they have are, are shown in all three. And yeah. And, and what we see um, in, in all three is, is Matt Damon move up in the world, but mm-hmm. in his own version, like he's, he's kind of screwed at every opportunity and he has to kind of fight for himself. Um, he doesn't realize that he's actually, um, by like suing Kylo Ren, like it's yeah, he's kind of self-destructive in ways. He he's actually he's actually really bad at collecting rent and stuff like that. Like that's why he's poor. Um, we we, we come to discover and and uh, in his, his version, he's kind of self-made. <laughs> yes, right. He, yeah, um, and he's just stubborn and and he's kind of adult. Like he's uh, illiterate and kind of dumb. Mm. But in his version, he's heroic and moves his way up in the world from lowly squire. Gets screwed out of his own captaincy, but makes knight anyway. Um, he, he's yeah, like a, right, a Horatio. Right. He he, he makes knight at the losing battle in Scotland, right? Right. Yes. Like, right. like that, it's a complete failure. But right, right. before it, he's made knight. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but in his in his story, like he's like he's the hero, but in fact, like Scotland, he's, al- giant he's always and probably yeah. his fault. He's always being put upon, uh, you know, somebody's always and, and he, he can't let it just like what you're saying and with how he's self-destructive, where um, when he when he marries uh, Jody Comer and her father for the dowry promises him a a section of land in Matt Damon's version. We just see that it cuts after to after they're married. And then it just cuts to Adam driver showing Matt Damon. Hey, this is this section of land that, um, that uh, Pierre just gave me as a, as a gift. And Matt Damon says, well, this was supposed to be part of my dowry. And so I don't see why he could give it to you. And he said, well, her father had to give it to Pierre to pay off his taxes that he owed. So I, I, I actually have a question. So uh, in the timeline, is it that the father of Marguerite, the father of Jody Comer, he first promises this to Pierre and then- He doesn't pretends- promise it. Like it's it's seized because Adam Driver is actually a very effective guy working for Ben Affleck. Right. Like in, in, in where Ben Affleck's like, I have all this money that's uncollected. I need, I need somebody- to, to do this well. And he actually does it very effectively. He says, of, um, well, they'll just tell me that they don't have it. And Adam driver says, let them tell me that they don't have it. It's- like basically he's, he's, he's the, the mob guy who shows up and like beats the hell out of them. And, and yeah. then they're like, Oh, actually I've got something. Look, I don't like, care got- whatever else expenses you have. Pierre gets paid first. So, yeah. And, and so like, if you don't have any like liquid assets, like we're going to take some of your land. And, but, and so but, but, it seems but, in Matt Damon's so it's selling, already, yeah that it seems like it was given to him the way and then taken by taken. Kylo Ren. But I think it, to what it, I think what it seems like later on is that maybe it was um, promised to him before the marriage, but then at the time of the marriage, he it already been taken from him. Yeah. And he didn't have it. So Matt Naven at no point ever actually owned 
that that land and so his and so him suing Pierre and the Cree is kind of ridiculous because they're it's like the like, anti Machiavelli, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> how to get everyone angry at yes, you? Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> Just piss off all the people that can like make all the decisions. You really want to just make them hate you and not want to ever give you anything at all. And, and, and just think you're tedious as you come in and talk about justice and, you know, honor. And it's like, ah, shut up. You're, you're a complainer. Right. I mean, and, and this is the thing in the movie. And when I tried to do some research after the movie, it seems like Matt Damon, like he, he never owned this land. He, he was never like actually legitimately, according to some sort of a formal document, actually owed this land. Right. He was, and well, and there's, there is the, ambi- it, there is the ambiguity he, of like different accounts. So yeah. like, like we are getting Matt Damon's account and then Kylo Ren's account. And so when yeah. Kylo Ren tells his like version of the story and he's not telling it, it's just depicted. But in his version, like it's, it's like already like the, right. the dad are, says, well, this was already given away. I don't have this land anymore. Where in, in, um, in, in, uh, Matt Damon's version, um, Matt Damon is basically, well, what about this land? And he's like, okay, fine. Like you can have that. And yeah. And it seems like he agrees to that and then they get married. And then, so, in, so we get, Kylo we Ren's don't version, get, we don't get reliable narrators is, is, is what we're seeing. Then in the movie. And I think, I think this is, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to call it a twist, but I think that it's an interesting well, I do way to say, make a movie. I think, I think in um, Jody Comer's version right. of the marriage, he is told before they actually get married yes. that that's already been given to the king. And so in her version, Matt Damon knows when he marries her, he's not getting that because it was already given, even though initially that's what they talked about. And so he still agreed to to the deal to marry her, even though he knew that that was already given to um, Pierre. So well, and, and, the, the, and the interesting or important thing about Jodie Comer's telling of the story is that, so yes, uh, Shock Degree or uh, Adam Driver, he's a jackass, he rapes her. Matt Damon, on the other hand, is not a very great husband in her telling of the story either. Right. Like he, he is like, he, I, I don't know if he is like emotionally cold and oblivious to, to the needs of marriage or whatever it might be. But yes. he's also unintelligent. Yeah. yeah, like he's a terrible husband and a terrible Lord. He doesn't treat anybody well. He's not good, very good at taking uh, taking care of what he inherited. It's not like he. Like, yeah, he's like, not collecting like so. In Jody Comer's telling, we find her like people tenants coming in to pay, and they're like, and she's like, "Why are you paying double?" Oh well, he didn't collect it last year, and she said, "Is this common?" And they're he's like, like "Yeah." Yes. And so she she kind of realized, oh, like he's. Like he complains about being broke, but he actually doesn't know how to do accounting or even keep yeah, track of this stuff. He doesn't know how to like, and, and she's talking to people in the stables and like Matt Damon it has this very caveman view of like raising horses. And she's just like, no, you do it. She says, says to the stable guy, like you do what you think is best for the horse. Don't, don't listen to my husband. Cause he's, but, he's so, gone for a while. Yeah. But speaking about horses, Ryan. Yes. Horse podcast. You want me to tell it? Yeah, I, I want you. you. You saw this first. I feel like you should get the credit for the horse scene. Well, um, Matt Damon gets a new mare. Uh, a white, a white mare horse, of East Town. A wi- white mare, yeah. And he's talking about how it's going to be great 
because and this is what I don't understand because he's talking about how he wants to breed it. I just assume he meant not with that horse because I, I did not what, understand what, that scene at all. I don't what, understand why what, he's which, he just which talking horse? about. <laughs> I think I know what you want me to say. And I don't think that I'm going to. So he's talking about how it's going to be great. We're going to breed this horse. It's going to produce so many stallions, I guess. And then you hear a horse like rumbling from around the corner and Matt Damon starts shouting, shut the gate, shut the gate. And you just see this huge beast of a horse uh, come through the gate and just jump on top of the mare. You know, he's, 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 I mean, going, one might going call to it, town. one might call it doggy style, but I, I wonder if we have to, I don't call know, it horsey style, doggy style, horsey style. And, um, so then Matt Damon's getting a shovel and he's beating the, <laughs> the horse to get off of. And so I don't understand. I was like, you just said that's what you wanted. I don't know anything about how it worked. I mean, maybe he meant that not that horse, or maybe. That's not the way you like, you don't let them do it naturally. Maybe they do artificial insemination. I don't know what's going on, but he do you think they had figured out artificial insemination in the 14th century? Like, <laughs> oh, they were jacking off horses all the time and shoving it into stuff. Okay. All right. So, so yeah, they had, uh, well, uh, they had, what do you call those things? Those are those basters. Uh, basters. They had basters yeah. back then. Okay. Oh, yeah. And they were, I'm glad you that. knew what they're I was using, going they for. were using, they were using those for everything. No, that's like, so I don't know if you guys are talking about this before and, or you're doing a bit like, I actually don't understand that scene. Can you I don't, I don't, okay. I, I have All no right. idea. I didn't understand well, what he was so mad about. What, what do you not understand about it? Like he, why, he why was it seen in there? Was it just indicating that he's just kind of a headstrong kind of idiot or. Oh, why didn't what, he want what, it having sex with that horse? Oh, I, mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I assume that horse was bad. Like they're, they're better it's horses. Bad seed. Yeah, yeah, like literally a bad horse. I like, but that, that's what I took away from it. I and, also, and how did that advance the the movie? I mean, I think was it just like was it just like a prefiguring a <laughs> Ridley Scott was just non consensual like, sex later. <laughs> right. I'm serious. I'm serious. Like, I, like was it was it like? No, I mean, I I assume that no, I actually don't know. But, it was, but, it was but, so but, weird. I was like, <laughs> why is it in there? Like, why doesn't he want it to like and. There's That'd no be- explanation. It's just like he's mad at that horse. He's like, I want this horse to be banged by a lot of our male horses. And then he's like, but, but not, not that, that one. one. Part just of like general- in your face foreshadowing. Like, yes, uh, this, this, this is part of Jody Comer's part of the story, right? And it is somehow supposed to show us that Matt Damon is incapable or incompetent at taking care of a uh, an estate i guess maybe okay. he left the gate open and that he's shouting at them like you have to keep the gates closed maybe we were supposed to notice that he left it open there is horse sex in this movie so it's <laughs> obviously great and, i believe we only got the tip uh, maybe that was just something really scott wanted to see can we get uh, <laughs> i would love to see matt get, damon beat a horse mercilessly with a shovel well while it's like well that, that sounds kind of expensive because like we couldn't actually beat a horse and how do we simulate the sex like it's it would be expensive to do with cgi like do we want to go practical to go with the male horse oh, and please. then just use I'm, I'm around horses all the time look at these shoes they're covered <laughs> in semen then we get to the end of the movie where there actually is 
The Lost Duel. Do, do they say The Lost Duel in the movie? Ooh. I don't think, I think I don't the king think... is like, if this doesn't go well, this, this will last. be the last uh, duel. Did you right, so, did you not pay attention? Did you like go to the bathroom and miss maybe. that? Maybe. I, I, I might have missed that. It seemed like a long time ago. I can't believe that was the last duel, though. Well, I looked that, it up on Wikipedia. That, it was like the last I, I, sanctioned one. My, my advice to people who watch this movie, don't look it up afterwards it, because it, it will not hold up. So don't, mm. don't, don't do it. It, about, it will not hold up in which way? Is it just not accurate or what? It, it's not accurate or yeah, factual. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so don't, don't do that. Anyway. The, the so, last officially recognized judicial duel fought in France. So maybe there is this 15th century innovation, innovation where they're like, maybe God doesn't show his will by who wins a duel to the death. Maybe there are other ways to discern guilt and innocence. Yeah, so I guess that's what we need to get to as well, is that, <laughs> you know, she accuses Adam Driver of raping her. She tells Matt Damon. Um, we don't see it in Matt Damon's telling, obviously, because he wasn't there. And But we do see his reaction, and his reaction in his version is much more muted than uh, her version of his reaction. According to Wikipedia, the, the last duel in France was maybe 200 years later. So, uh, so maybe this was the last sanctioned duel, but, you know, whatever. And by uh, sanction, like, like the king presided over it and, you know, it was like, yeah, like if uh, whoever loses gets hung up upside down naked. And, um, and if, if it's uh, Matt Damon who loses, then his wife gets burned alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those appear to be the lying. stakes. Uh, if, if if Matt Damon loses, she's a witch, essentially. It means uh, she's lying. So, the bigger, stronger guy <laughs> kills her husband than she was lying. What? So the what, only way to to know God's will. How did you guys like the Lost Duel? Like the actual Lost Duel, not not the movie, but like I thought it was great. I thought, yeah, it was, yeah, it uh, it it was really um, gritty. Uh, Yes. Really, it was it was not like it doesn't I'm sure it was very choreographed, but it didn't come across as choreographed. It just seemed like two uh, fairly guys that were just trying to kill each other in any yeah. way possible without yeah. much technique or skill, just brute force uh, once they get knocked off the horses anyway. Um, yeah. So like uh, a couple of the jousts. Joust, but then like suddenly, so so uh, I actually recently watched uh, A Knight's Tale. That's kind of people in the SSU like it. I'd never seen it. Finally watched it, and so their jousting was seemed in that movie like more like, all right, here's pass number one. All right, here's pass number two. Um, where in this it was like as fast as you could as come at them, as like can, as soon as you get by ready. them, like you could yeah. turn around and grab another thing and like go at. So like, um, by the third one, like they're so like beat up that like you know, the one knocks the other off a horse and suddenly it's, it's just like a fist fight. It's, it's whatever you can grab. And one of the things I grabbed from, from watching it was that like this armor is really good. Cause they're like <laughs> slicing each other, like left and right with swords, yeah. but like, it's just basically like hitting the Almost. armor and they have to find a joint in the armor to actually get in between. Yeah. Um, which made it quite an amazing fight, like knock down, drag out, like they're exhausted. It was great. If you just swung your sword horizontally against the enemy yeah, and you hit his nice. armor, like what's that going to bounce do? off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll right? hurt a little exactly. bit. Like they're they're like kind of kidney shots. They're punching like sure. like it was just like a blow, but it wasn't you know far from fatal, right? Yeah, for sure. 
And I think that what the movie did, if you don't actually know the story, you do not know who's going to win. Right. Right. Like yeah. that's, that's sort of exciting. That's what you yeah. want from a movie. Yeah. I, yeah, it really, it went back and forth to where several times you thought, oh, well, this, he's going to win now. And then <laughs> Matt Damon is done. Right. Yeah, like when he, got, that... he it, For a second, it looked like he got stabbed in the dick. Um, but apparently it was. Oh, yeah. Yep. Thigh, and he's like really bleeding. And yeah, you're like, he well, he's got to finish us he off in the have next. Had much time. No, no. Yeah. Can, can, can I can I back up just a little Maybe bit? We do see to... Adam Driver's dick. Oh. That was <laughs> kind of flops up as they pick up his dead body. Do, yeah, do, do you think that probably. was uh? Do you think that was uh, his body, or was that like? Uh, unfortunately, it's probably just some kind of um. Some stand-in. Do you think it was a dummy or a stand-in? Like, like some kind of dummy. Like a stuntman, like, hey, you can hang my body upside down um, and, like, slather me in blood. And no, I think they really stabbed the stuntman. You think so? Oh. Yeah. That's they went what, method. That's why. <laughs> they went full immersion. Yes. <laughs> like, unless we have a dead body to hang, this is not effective. <laughs> what, what else were you going to say, Chris? So <laughs> I want to back up to, uh, and I'm sorry to, to do this because we're, talking about the, the actual duel, but um, to back up to Adam Driver's like case for himself, mm-hmm. uh, like it's interesting because it wasn't a very nuanced. It was a very caveman case. It was like, well, she and I are both smart and we read books and therefore um, she must want to bang me, even if she's married because right. her husband's an idiot. It's just the idea that, yeah, she, she might want to bang me and I think she thinks I'm attracted. Like that's like, so she once told that, someone that I was attractive. Well, yeah. he didn't say that, but like that's somehow evidence against her. Like, right, well, but sure. you thought he was attractive. Just, Therefore, is it possible idea. for him to rape you if you thought he was attractive? Is like what? In the well, in the it, in the priest like kind of just just like well, if if you thought about it, then that's like yeah, the same. Right, right. <laughs> like like during the trial, they ask Jody Comer a lot of questions. Like, well. Did you enjoy it? Uh, you enjoy then, sex with your husband yeah, because that's yeah. relevant to a rape trial, right? Yeah. And then one of them makes this statement uh, where he says that a rape, because Jodie Comer is pregnant at this time, and he says a rape cannot, cannot yes. lead to a pregnancy. Right. Yeah. So it's like uh, GOP congressman yeah. or 14th century science. years later. <laughs> There's still some out there that are like, yep, sounds good. <laughs> Legitimate rape. Isn't that what he, what? Yes. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name, but uh, yeah. He was he from really... Missouri? Legitimate rape cannot cause a pregnancy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, was, that was the, the Senate candidate, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember. Uh, okay, so uh, did, did you guys like this movie? Do, do you think it was good? Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. It was really good. I, I was surprised at how much I liked it. I think all the performances are great. I liked it. was a really unique uh, structure to it, the way they did it. And like, I, right, I think right, right. they got their point across and it was, I think it was useful. If you're going to do a medieval Me Too movie, this is an amazing way of doing it. Like, I right. don't see how anyone can watch this movie and be like, oh, that was garbage. Like, it, it was it was really good. And yeah, and the three different versions, I think, really made it compelling. I did not. I, I'm I'm somebody. Who, one of the reasons I'm not a horror guy is for me, movies are a bit of an escape. And so, like, I don't even like. Try, what was that movie? People were like, talking about how great it was. Ryan like loves that Australian actor, uh, Joel Ed- Edgerton. 
him and, and Jason Bateman are in this movie where Bateman essentially is seems to be the protagonist at the beginning. And there's this creepy neighbor that Joel Ed- oh. Edgerton plays who I don't it's, love that. What are you talking about? I've seen it. You love Joel Edgerton, but sure. somebody oh, okay. somebody said that I think it's maybe Sonny. Sonny was like the gift. Sonny was like that movie's amazing or somebody was like, that's amazing. I, I watched yeah. it and I hated it. I like it was like, I think it's good. It's good. I, I did not enjoy it. It's technically practical, but like the, the idea of like looking back at Jason Bateman's dark past of like bullying and, and really torturing this guy yeah. and this guy kind of getting his revenge years later. Like I did not enjoy any aspect of it. Yeah. So like it wasn't even a horror movie. It was just like unpleasant. And so for me to want to, to watch a movie, like I did not opt to watch this movie. Cause I'm like, man, I don't want to watch a movie about a rape. Um, like rape is really unpleasant. And like, I understand that sometimes we have to encounter unpleasant things. Like I'll read an article, I'll read a book, but like, as far as movies go, I generally don't want to watch that. But also the, the depiction not, of rape was not super graphic and triggering. I don't think that. Yeah. I, I'm, I, yeah, that is one thing I do appreciate that. It wasn't like you're it's clear what happened, but right. it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't very explicit. Um, it wasn't which, something something that would like traumatize somebody who's just like, oh man, it wasn't, like, this is it just makes like me the feel girl sick. with the dragon tattoo. So uh, related to the last duel, which was directed by Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott is somewhat of a. I'm not sure I should say that he is a contentious subject in the SCU, but. There are some movies of his that we like, but a lot of them that we don't like. So, uh, Chris, for example, like your take on Ridley Scott, you you don't like him, right? Or I wouldn't say I don't like him. I I just I'm like for a guy who has such a great uh, reputation, he sure produces a lot of turds. What's a lot? I mean, he like, makes a lot of movies. All right. So, Ryan, get get off Bing. Uh, so we are going to do a quiz now. Uh, and so this is a Ridley Scott. This Squat? is a this is a Ridley Scott quiz, where I will give you pairings of movies. So two movies, and you are going to tell me which movie made the most money at the box office. All you mean of, which movie made more money between the two? Right, uh, yeah. and all of these amounts have been inflation adjusted. Mm. So. Um, I uh, I actually I actually looked it up. Do we get to buzz in or or do we each get to guess? Both of you get to guess. Oh, okay. Can I still buzz uh, in? You can still buzz in. With my name? Uh, no. No. It, can it I will... buzz in with 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 Tony Scott's name? So you don't have to buzz in, but you you can if you want to. Okay. Uh, but you will still both of you will have to give an answer. Uh, all right. Are you guys ready? Do you understand the rules? Blade Runner or Black Hawk Down? James Bond villain. Ryan, James Bond villain. No, soccer, soccer owner. Wrong. Chris. I'm going to say Black Cock Down. Black, Black Cock. Which down? was the first one? Because I believe that Blade Runner was was a uh, bit of a box office bomb. Uh oh, yeah, Black Cock Down. So both of you are saying Black Cock Down made more money than Blade Runner. Yeah, that was a huge that's, hit. That's what we're saying. Uh, that is inflation adjusted. That is incorrect. Blade Runner. This is a horseshit quiz. There's no way that Blade Runner, like Black Hawk Down, was one of the biggest movies of that year. Blade Runner size and in box office. No, no. So Blade Runner made five times as much money as Black Hawk Down. 
how much did, how much did it make uh non-inflation adjusted where was it on the list of <sighs> movies that year why did i think it was a box office bomb i thought, I thought it I? famously was yeah i thought it was like a indian and it became like a, a cult, cult classic yeah. i thought Blade Runner made $39 million non-inflation adjusted. Okay, which inflation adjusted is a ton of money. Okay. It's a ton of money in 19, 1982, guys. Okay. Yeah, and Blackhawk down on. was what, like $50 million or something? 160 So what, what are you factoring in for inflation? Like You're asking me? Ask the treasury. Like, that's, that's not my all right. business. All right, all right, all right. So zero points to so, both. For 1982, it's not even where where is Blade Runner? Let's see. I'm still scrolling. It's not in the top ten. So, so are we just comparing box offices from year to year when like uh, well, yeah, everyone went to the like, movies I, in 1982? If, if we're talking about like an equal, I, like, and I guarantee you that Black Hawk Down was what year did Black Hawk Down come out? 2001. At the end of 2001. Oh well, then it's going to be in 2002 that it makes most of its money. Yeah, but this is for the entire lifespan of the movie. So that's not my point. Uh, that's not my no. Point. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, Ryan. It's not about where they place during a single year. But it should be. I mean, no, it shouldn't. Financially, Black Hawk Down was more successful than Blade Runner. There's no like. Both of us got that one right. Then. Zero points after the first question. Next question: Alien against American Gangster. Well, definitely alien, alien because it's like old and everyone went to see it. And American Gangster was not a, a box office hit, but also mostly, uh, I guess, inflation. movies that come, yeah, inflation and movies that came out. Everyone went to the movies back then. Alien did like 17 times what American Gangster did. Yeah. And American Gangster, I don't think it did very well because it's just okay. This is correct. So it is a 1 1 in score. Alien did make more money than American Gangster. Can you give us a comparison? Yeah. Uh, Alien, Alien made $732 million <laughs> and American Gangster 344. Oh my. That's more than Ryan, that's are you of... shocked by that? That seems like a lot. That is for like American Gangster. Okay. Yeah, I did not remember that being a hit. A hit. Yeah. Remember, these are worldwide numbers. Uh, okay, so we are at 1 1, pairing number three. And remember Robin how Hood. much people in Senegal love Russell Crowe. Worldwide, there's just a big market for those guys. Okay, pairing number three, Robin Hood against Alien Covenant. Ooh, now that is a good matchup yeah, that's a... because I don't think either did all that well. I'm going to go Robin Hood against the franchise. I I'm understand go Alien though... Covenant just because it's better. It's 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 actually good. I'm going against the franchise and going for the stinker of a Robin Hood that nobody liked, but it had enough cachet. It probably Robin made, Hood, Ridley Scott. It, yeah, it was advertised like crazy, so it probably yeah. made a ton of money. So uh, Robin Hood, inflation adjusted, made $388 million. Alien Covenant made 258 So Robin Hood is the correct answer. 2-1, Chris. I'm doing a Tiger Woods fist pump. For... The fourth one, and I, I really think I think this is the big one: Gladiator or The Martian? Gladiator. Be gladiator. Like because gigantic, inflation, gigantic hit. Well, it's yeah, a huge hit. It, plus inflation. Plus oh, inflation. So both of you answer Gladiator. The right answer is The Martian. Seven hundred and six million dollars inflation adjusted. The Gladiator made seven hundred and eight million. The Martian made that much money. 
Yeah. I did not realize. It, the Martian was a big hit worldwide. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I knew a that, Marvel movie. but I didn't. Yeah, I had no idea for... All right. That's good. That's cool. I'm glad that made that much money. So, that. Chris... It deserved it. That's a great movie. It did. Yeah. Chris is still in the lead by one. Which, uh, if, I, if I were smart, I would just, like, choose whatever... Since I have the, the lead, I, I'll just choose whatever Ryan chooses. The last matchup is Body of Lies against Exodus. Gods and Kings. Gosh. <laughs> body of Lies. Um, what year did Body of Lies come out? Where Russell Crowe got in his contract that he got to drive around and eat. Is that that movie? Yeah. He's in a car on the phone with Leonardo DiCaprio and he's just eating the, and driving. So before you gave your final answer, Body of Lies is... 2008 and Exodus is 2014. Exodus, the one where um, the two white dudes played played the Jews <laughs> in Egyptians, because it was uh, wasn't it Joel Egerton, your boy Christian Bale played never, Egyptians. I've, I've never seen this. Or they well, played no, Moses think, and Aaron. I, yeah, Moses and who? Aaron. Oh, I thought you said Marion. <laughs> Moses, no, Moses and, and Aaron. No, no, no. So have you read? Exodus no. in the book? No, um, no. Uh, Joel yeah. Edgerton. Yeah, played, no, yeah. Um, it says Joel Ed- Ed- Edgerton is uh, Ramses yeah. and Christian Bale is Moses in Exodus. <laughs> I was saying he played an Egyptian. That's solid casting. Yeah, yeah. There's an no, Australian to play an Egyptian. Nobody of the same. <laughs> there's nobody of like, you know, uh, even even close descent that we could get to, to play. What actions did they do? What? What did, what did they do? He just, you know, had that long thing attached to his chin that they had yeah. in the in the picture. Yeah, I mean, I think he did. I, uh, I, I just, I like how the supporting cast is like Ben Mendelsohn and Sigourney Weaver and Ben Kingsley. This makes like, me want to watch that movie. Yeah, I, uh, I've never seen it. Anyway, so what, what are you guys' final answer? Is it? Well, that one's uh, that one's got Bible in it, so I'm gonna go with the Bible one. <laughs> Yeah, I guess everyone knows well, that, that if I've got that, a what was that was breakthrough movie body of like lies? Bible body movies? Of lies. I want to say body of lies, but it sucked. But I'll just say body of lies. It's my only chance. It's gonna put me down. The correct answer is Exodus. Yes! Oh, of course. So uh Chris uh, wins this quiz. Do, do you guys still want to do the tiebreaker? Sure. Um so the tiebreaker is so you get a choice. Do you want to guess? Do you want to guess the average of how much a movie made at the box office? Or do you want to guess the total dollar value of how much Ridley Scott's movies Altogether? have made? Yeah. Ooh, so average worldwide gross inflation adjusted? No, no, none of these are inflation adjusted. That would be too much work. I'm not doing that. Or, mm. or, gro- or I'll do average. Let's do average. Or do we each... Ch- <laughs> <laughs> okay average i say 183 million for average okay um, one no actually total i think oh. all of his movies may come up to 183 million 117 million for total <laughs> yes ryan is the closest but he is over uh, it is 102 million dollars uh average uh, the total over all of Ridley Scott's movies is five point four billion dollars. Mm, that's a lot. 
Yeah. It, but it's, it's a lot of movies. It's a lot of movies. There are a few good movies and a lot of garbage in there. So and a few good men. Yeah, I agree. Let's kill him. Okay, guys, can I tell you this? Uh, Jody Comer. Is this, this, is, this, is this more of an afterglow thing? Or? No, 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 no. This, oh, is, okay. this, is a, this is a pretty good callback, actually. Uh, I looked at, I was like, you know, what else has she been in? So yeah, she free was a free guy. Yep. But uh, one of the major parts that she's played in the past was she starred on a show called Killing Eve, which I did not realize that Bill O'Reilly's books, that some of them have actually been made into TV shows. Wow. And I didn't know that he wrote a book about Killing Eve. Yeah. That is all the time we are giving to this episode. Thank you for listening. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash SSEUpod and subscribe for the measly sum of $5 a month. Thank you for listening. Guys, anything else? That's less than it would cost you to get Formula One tickets or flat skiing tickets. We'll light a candle. Let it get inflation adjusted.